0: everyone, welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, the first quarter of the Packers season is over. The second quarter will get underway officially on Sunday down at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. The Packers are 3-1. and one, The Cowboys are 3-1. and one. You don't want to make too many overarching conclusions after just four games of a season, but the sense that I get listening to Matt LaFleur talk, listening to some of the guys in the locker room talk, is that this week of preparation here leading up to the Cowboys is going to focus on two things that the Packers are not doing as well as they want to right now, and it's about running the ball and stopping the run. Do you get that sense that this this week, one quarter of the season done, the opponent that's coming up, the Dallas Cowboys, these are really high priorities here for Green Bay.
1: Absolutely. To be fair, if you have the number one run defense in the league and you have Zeke Elliott coming up on your schedule, True. True it's going to be a big moment. True but, enough. But that being said, I mean, you look at some of even the stories that I've written so far this week You know, with Oren Burks returning to practice. People are asking Montrevious Adams how he's doing with the shoulder, right? Because there is that emphasis there, and you understand that, you know, these last few weeks the Packers have talked about it. This is not the type of run defense that they feel they can be. You know, one of the things I think is really important to point out with this is, you know, I guess maybe I'd have a little bit more concern if the Packers were running traditional base and traditional nickel and they were unable to stop this. But the reality is, is because of the injuries they've had at inside linebacker and now at the defensive line. They've had to kind of shift a little bit. We've had to see Mm -hmm. them use more hybrid packages. Raven Green, who I thought did an exceptional job against the run in the first game against Chicago for being a box safety, sort of reminded me of that Morgan Burnett type, a guy that is quicker, faster, can go with the tight ends, but also can take on a running back charging full steam at him. Well, you lose him, so you have to adjust there, and there really isn't a backup, so to speak, at that hybrid safety spot, so they've had to get creative. But here's the thing, Mike, is that when all the chips are on the table, you look at Ezekiel Elliott coming up on the schedule, you have to be on top of your P's and Q's with this matchup because he can hurt you in so many ways. He can burn you for the short yardage. He can get the third and shorts. He can break a big run. The New Orleans Saints did an exceptional job of defending him. So for Mike Pettin and his crew, looking at that film last week and seeing how that can translate, that has to be a big primary objective for how you attack this football game.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you look at – Football, just in general, there may be nothing more teamwork-oriented than running the ball and stopping the run. Because, And the reason I say that, when you're trying to run the ball, say if you're the Packers, you're trying to get Aaron Jones on an outside zone, if one guy in the run-blocking unit breaks down, the play can get blown right. up. And by the same token, on the other side, when you're trying to stop the run – if one guy gets pushed out of his gap too far, or say one guy takes a chance and shoots one gap when maybe he's got a two-gap responsibility, but he takes a shot, and then boom, the run hits in the area that he vacates, all it takes is one guy to right. mess up, essentially, and, uh, and things can start to get sideways in a hurry. I think in some ways... That's what happened against Philadelphia. And when Philadelphia got that momentum going, running the ball, they just kept yeah. after it and on a short week. And, you know, you have defenders who are wearing down and all of that kind of stuff. So the Packers, they've got some injuries to deal with, but hopefully the extra rest. All the extra film study and everything that can go into a game like this against Ezekiel Elliott, they, they've they've got to get it shored up.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to be a victim of the moment here with some recency bias, but the thing is, Mike, I looked at that Philadelphia game from the beginning, and I'm not saying the Packers obviously they were seven points away from winning it, but I just thought that was going to be troublesome because of the way the defense is configured and the way that they're running these rotations right now. You play those, you know, there's seven, eight core guys that play relatively every snap. And now you gotta come back on four days, you know, three days rest and play again in that type of environment mm. against another run heavy team. It's not like they went up against Arizona. I mean, this is a unit right. with Tug Peterson. Again, they're off to a slow start with some of their running, you know, concepts. But when they're at their peak, they wanna be able to push the ball. That's why they brought in Jordan Howard. That's one of the focuses and emphasis that they've had for this season is to yeah. play the way they played on Thursday night. Now you're going to get a couple days to decompress and you're going to get a full week of preparation for this matchup for Dallas. I, the way I look at it, and again, you need to get it short up. We're a quarter way through the season right now, but it is team fundamental football. When guys are fresh and playing together and you know they're playing in unison – that's when a run defense is at its best, and that's what the Packers are looking for right now.
0: Yeah, well, both teams, the Cowboys and the Packers, have some injuries to deal with heading into this one. We don't necessarily have full and complete updates on everything going on, but with regards to the Cowboys, their all-pro left tackle Tyron Smith, it sounds like from reports that are leaking out that he is going to miss the game against The Packers, although the long-term prognosis for Smith and that Cowboys offensive line, it doesn't sound as bad as initially feared. But that could be a big loss for Dallas here as they're trying to get Ezekiel Elliott going after a rough game against the Saints. And on the Packers side, you mentioned Oren Burks is back in practice. This is a player who's missed more than a month and a half, almost two months really, since getting injured in the preseason opener back in early August. So it's hard to say just how soon he's going to be. Completely back up to speed and ready to contribute defensively. Jamal Williams is back with the team, though he's not back on the practice field because he is officially in the concussion protocol. And then other guys were just going to be waiting as the week goes along here. The Packers will be back on the practice field on Wednesday. They had a short practice Monday. Tuesday is an off day for the players. But on Wednesday, Devontae Adams, Brian Balaga, and Kevin King, all of whom were injured against the Philadelphia Eagles, we don't really know the status of those players yet, and we'll just have to see if they'll be held out of practice with limited participants. But uh, really, for the first time this season, the Packers kind of dealing with uh, with an injury list that uh, raises your eyebrows a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because
1: it's coming in at multiple spots and on different sides of the ball. Yeah. The biggest positive uh, coming out of this weekend was the fact that Jamal Williams was walking through the locker room. Yeah. He was his typical smiling self. Uh, The thing was is that you know because you're in the concussion protocol, how that procedure works for the league, you're not allowed to speak to the media. So we didn't talk to him yet. But just seeing him come out of the meetings with the other running backs like it's any other day, when you see that type of blow, I mean, that's... That's what you hope to eventually see is him to you know be continuing well, on. Well,
0: and I'll clarify, too. I don't want to read too much into it, but we know with this concussion protocol stuff, sometimes guys aren't even in the meetings right. because of the severity Correct. of what's going on. So the fact that he was in the meetings with the team, no, he hasn't been cleared from the concussion protocol yet, but he's at a certain stage where he's not being completely held out of yeah. all activity, which is something that we've seen in certain instances in I, the
1: past. I, I mean, I go back to the Sam Shields thing. I go back to Jermichael Finn. In 2013, when he had that hit across the middle and then he kind of just disappeared for a bit, and you weren't right. sure what was going to happen there. Right. So, just to see, I mean, for what that could have potentially been, a big sigh of relief from just a human standpoint, seeing Jamal Williams, you know, appearing to be okay from that perspective. Matt LaFleur saying, you know, by all accounts, him walking around the building, good signs there. Oren Burks is interesting because he was the one that returned to practice on Monday. And as you pointed out, this is going to be, uh, you know, those soft muscle injuries, Mike, especially when you're coming off a tear like he did with his pec. It's not a bone, right? It's not six weeks. You've got to play it by ear. you got to go by how you feel. You have to communicate that to the trainers. The big goal and emphasis for Burks this week is just being able to redevelop the strength, start to bang again if you mm-hmm. can get some of those reps in there. He's had, you know, it's been about six, seven weeks now since it happened against Houston. So just trying to gain the confidence back, because as he mentioned, and I asked him this in the locker room on Monday, you know, he was feeling really comfortable in the scheme and what they were asking him to do after, you know, kind of being thrown into the fire and then sort of having to take a backseat to Antonio Morrison. He felt prepared and ready to be that secondary option to Blake Martinez. So just seeing how this plays out for him is going to be critical because I really do believe not only does it give you depth at the position, but with some of these things that are ailing the Packers, trying to find a hybrid safety, trying to find a coverage linebacker that can play next to Blake Martinez. Mm -hmm. If Burks can be You know, solid against the run. I mean, that's a major upgrade for this defense moving forward.
0: Yeah, I think it could be as well. I just uh, I think it's it's smart to temper the expectations a little bit because I mean, let's face it, a guy who's missed as much time as he has, and once you get into the regular season where the Packers are, they're only putting the pads on once a week in terms of when you talk about the banging and really trying to get back into football shaped. So, to expect a guy to just you know to walk back into practice for a couple of days after seven weeks. Of very limited and sometimes no activity, and then uh, you know, walk out there on Sunday and try to tackle Ezekiel Elliott doesn't really work that way. So, there'll be a process here to get Burks back up to speed and ready to go, and and we'll just see week to week um, how things go in terms of getting him ready. But I agree with you that I mean, with the way things started with Raven Green in that spot and then he gets hurt and there's been kind of some mixing and matching going on with Mike Pettin in terms of personnel and how they want to do things. Just getting another option available for the different packages he wants to run I think is going to help this team. And
1: just getting back to a preferred starter, right? I mean when you originally line up your depth chart and OTAs and in minicamp, the way you want things to align, the way you prepare and, and how you're figuring in your mind, you're going to move the chess pieces around. Raven Green was a major chess piece, Mike. I, I just thought, I mean, people, that's not going to be a name that's going to, you know sound off a lot of alarms. Yeah it's not
0: it's not like he was suddenly going to become a pro Bowl player or anything but you're right in terms of the usage and the way Mike Pettin wanted to employ him in different situations uh, he he was a key piece to this. Because
1: it wasn't just him being the hybrid linebacker he was the next man up at the two safety spots and now you saw Will Redmond come down you know working through something now I believe he was in the getting evaluated for concussion I don't know where that went after that but you know he was the guy that sort of moved in when Green was out but then that pushed Adrian Amos to the You know, to the box, I've wrote about this in Insider Inbox looking specifically at offensive line because people were asking about Alex Light a little bit. I cannot stress to you the value of being able to take a backup and plug them into a starting spot because it allows you to stay strong at your other points and doesn't diminish you at two different spots. Yeah, that's not an indictment against Adrian Amos, but everybody understands he was brought in for what he provides as you know, that strong, traditional, strong safety type role you know, not just moving the box and playing the hybrid linebacker spot, you know, if you have to end up moving Billy Turner to right tackle because you don't have Brian Belag, and then you have to put in another guard at that spot, it, 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 there are so many different variations of it, but when you can just go to one specific player, uh, that's so valuable for Green Bay, so seeing how all this works against Dallas, again, there's four or five days separating today and in, in that game, but... What the Packers can potentially have and who could potentially play in that game is going to be critical for that matchup at at and Stadium.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll certainly be talking about it a lot as the week continues. Um, before we go here today, though, Wes, uh, shortly before we came into the studio here to tape this episode, you were you were in attendance at a press conference involving uh, Mason Crosby, October 18th. Um, the month of October, the Packers will be involved in some different uh, cancer awareness initiatives and things like that as the month goes along. And uh, a little bit of news coming out of, uh, of of this news conference with Mason Crosby. What did you find out? Yeah,
1: so, well, for, first and foremost, Packers vs. Cancer, this is an initiative they've been doing for the last three years. Mason is uh, one of the you know heads of the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation. It's something he's been doing for a number of years, I can't even tell you, probably six, seven years at this point. He's been heavily involved with that and is one of the spokespeople for this campaign along with Blake Martinez. Each person was allowed to come up and sort of speak very quickly. It's well documented by now, obviously, what Mason's sister-in-law, Brittany, has been battling over the last three years. I wrote about it two years ago um, You know, in in her condition and being diagnosed at a very extremely young age with ovarian cancer and and how that sort of impacted their lives. Well, unfortunately now, um, Mason's wife was diagnosed uh, with a lung tumor during the summer, which uh, she ended up having removed uh, at the, I think it was the day after the Packers' preseason finale. So a couple different layers to this. One, as Mason pointed out, this was not a cancerous tumor. You know, there was okay. cancer-like, uh, but it wasn't, a, it had it metastasized. So he didn't want to put it in the same category as, you know, what the the drastic nature of what Brittany's dealing with. But at the same time, I also thought it was a somewhat heartwarming story because, um it sort of shows you the tight-knit nature of the Packers, especially with those players. Um, Molly actually sees one of the team doctors as a physician, a primary care physician, uh, Dr. Eben. So it was Dr. Gray, John Gray, and, and Dr. Eben, uh, that actually she was complaining of some discomfort. She'd been dealing with some sinus infection type stuff. They end up running some scans on her, and she was dealing with this. Um, very healthy, you know, lady in her early 30s. Mother of five. I was gonna say, and yeah,
0: with a lot of kids running around the house.
1: The the big message that, and I'm gonna write about it for our website. I'll get in all the details there, but I mean, the message that Mason wanted to convey was the importance of screening with things like this and in early detection. And you know, certainly it's timely, given what they've gone. You know, the, the Packers vs. Cancer campaign, the emphasis in the month of October throughout sports and entertainment media Um, in the emphasis that has been placed now on all cancers, not just, you know, one specific variety. Um, Just another wake-up call, and unfortunately for a family that probably didn't need another one, but... um, Yeah, certainly. The positive aspect of it is Molly's doing well. They don't believe she's going to need any additional treatment. She had it removed through a surgery, actually the day after the Kansas City game, and the Saturday, it was kind of wild, because in the same day in which uh, they were told by the doctors that... You know, everything was looking good. They they felt like they got everything. They were able to save more of her lung than they were initially anticipating. Uh, shortly after that, he ended up getting a call from Brian Gutekunst telling him he was going to be the Packers kicker again here for a thirteenth or fourteenth season. Well,
0: that so. that that's what I wanted to point out is that now that now that some of this news and what uh, what Molly Crosby was dealing with uh, throughout the summer and a lot of uncertainty as to exactly what was going on and what was ailing her. You know, Mason Crosby was fighting for his job in training camp with Sam Ficken and everything, and, and Mason was dealing with an injury of his own. He missed some time with, with a strained calf. I mean, you look back now at the month of August and everything that was going on. I mean, the... the uh, um, I don't want to, you know, stereotype Mason Crosby as sort of that, you know, ice in his veins type of, you know, yeah. kicker, you know, that whole cliche that you hear, but when you look back at the month of August and everything that was going on in Mason Crosby's life, um, and, uh, and, and the fact that, that he came through it and obviously kept his job, the Packers are thrilled that he has remained their kicker, but then, uh, um, but now, fortunately, some really good news, at least coming out, of, uh, coming out of Molly's procedure to get the tumor removed. Yeah, I
1: can't say enough about Crosby's mindset and, and Molly's as well, obviously, you know, having to battle this and, and go through this mentally during a training camp. The, yeah. They found out shortly before camp started, they were actually initially planning on having surgery straight away. And then it was during that process that they discovered that she actually had a, a blood clot in her abdomen as well just through you know, doing the full body examination so not that that necessarily would have turned into anything but you know immediately but long term uh, i just it, it makes you and one of the things that mason really conveyed was that it makes you grateful for your family and also you know for things like playing for the packers he said there were a lot of days where he would come in and you know, this was sort of a little bit of a safe haven for him. He got to focus on his job and in doing something that he loves and being around a team that he really appreciates. So, a team captain this year on special teams. I mean, That's right. Just a, a an incredible summer. That um, I mean, you really tip your cap to the Crosby family and just their mental, you know, headspace and strength to sort yeah, of. Yeah, the, fort- through the that.
0: fortitude to get through everything that uh, that that they were dealing with as a family, and obviously, you know, you and I have both known Mason for a really long time I've been here since uh you know since before he was drafted I've covered his entire career and Yeah cuz it was 07 there, he got drafted Yeah he was right? drafted yeah. in 2007 in the 6th round there's there's never been there's never been a more stand up guy from the very beginning um and cuz he's dealt with position competitions at different stages throughout his career and to think of he was dealing with that as well as uh as well as a lot of uncertainty with what was going on with Molly I just uh I'm glad I'm glad it's all worked out the way that it is Yeah ends. and didn't Lee-
1: on at all i mean it's not something that they were they, they were kind of playing it close to the you know the vest a little bit yeah and, and yeah. then um you know obviously his involvement went this and he was explaining the reason it came up he was just kind of explaining the ways it's impacted him he lost grandmother to cancer his sister-in-law dealing with this and unfortunately a uh, tumor situation with his wife that you know Knock on wood, we don't have any available to us right now, but i would know, be able to work through that.
0: Well, certainly the message of the month in this Cancer Awareness Month is if you got anything going on, get it checked out, right?
1: Absolutely. I want to mention too, uh, the Packers Pro Shop again will be selling the Packers vs. Cancer Vince Lombardi caps. It's actually a, a knit cap this year. Okay. So uh, if For it gets the chilly out, yeah, $5 from each of those purchases goes to the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation. And then um, uh, people that are shopping at the Pro Shop also have the option to add a dollar to their purchase in support of that. So okay. a very cool measure and, and a neat cap, too. If I don't have one with me. I wish I did. but
0: Yeah, well, uh, maybe we'll bring one on later this month. We'll wear them. The show
1: turn on the air conditioning a little bit yeah, in here. Yeah,
0: there we go. Get the full effect. OK, let's do that. With <laughs> that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. Like us, subscribe to us on iTunes and other podcasts services, if you will, on Twitter. He's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.